Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. Now, our next guest is near and dear to my heart. Jessica Storino Floyd is a friend, colleague, and a living example of what it means to be a vision-driven mom with ADHD. And I couldn't be more impressed in awe and proud of what she's created over the years. Now, during this rebroadcast episode, Jessica Storino Floyd shares her struggles as an ADHD mom with neurodiverse children and her realization that community and a sense of belonging are the missing puzzle piece for many neurodiverse families. So she created it. Now we talk about how humans are meant to be in community with others. We talk about the importance of community and a sense of belonging, especially for neurodiverse families. And we talk about connecting with the others who understand our struggles and how it's vital for ourselves and our neurodiverse children. The sensory gym that she talks about during the interview just opened last week. So the timing of this rebroadcast is perfect. Now, Jessica Storino Floyd worked in the physical therapy profession for 15 years before becoming a mother to two differently wired children. She gave up her career due to a lack of resources available for her autistic son. Now, during this time, she experienced the isolation and emotional struggle that many caregivers of children with disabilities experience and discovered the importance of community. She became the facilitator for the Wake County chapter of the Autism Society of North Carolina to help improve the lives of autistic individuals, help support their family and educate communities. Jessica is the proud co-owner of the We Rock the Spectrum Sensory Gym in Morrisville, North Carolina, providing a fully inclusive and understanding space for our differently abled community to learn and grow together. Now, before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you've downloaded the free ADHD supports guide I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea to have your guide handy each week while you listen to the podcast because it is chalk full of tips, tools, practices, and resources to support you on your ADHD journey. So if you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. And be be sure to follow it all the way to the end because I've included a one-time ADHD reset offer that can only be accessed through the guide. Okay, enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Welcome, Jessica. I am so excited to have you here and so, so, so excited to have this conversation today. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, um, Jess and I have known each other for quite some time at this point, and I really believe that um, that our meeting was a divine intervention. Like, I, I, I mean, it was just so... It was perfect. It was perfect. And at this point, so how many, it was nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, something like that. Anyway, anyway. No, I think it was like, yeah, it was nine or 10, maybe even 10 years ago. These COVID years just kind of threw me off on on every every level. Did that actually happen? It's kind of like in the um, the Marvel um, and the the Avengers um, series, the blip, right? Uh, <laughs> it's like the blip, just done, and then all of a sudden, everybody's back again. Two years later, <laughs> exactly. Two years later. All right. So, Jess, tell us about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing today. Um, well, my journey, um, you know, started when I had my kids really, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's amazing. You know, my son, um, he's, he's autistic and he, he tells me he has this 
he's only 13 years old, but he has this deep sense of purpose already mm, um, right. in him. And, and he asks me these questions um, very frequently. And he asks, you know, I feel like I don't have a purpose, mom. Mm. And I'm just like, you know what, buddy, we all do. Every single one of us, you may not know what it is that you're here to fulfill yet, but I have to tell you that just you being born mm. has already fulfilled a purpose, even just through me, right? because everything, everything changed, yeah. you know, it all changed um, when he was born, my, um, my mission, my purpose in life, um, all just kind of developed from him. Right. And his needs and seeing, seeing what all other families, you know, need through, through our struggles. Right, um, right, right. And you had, you started, you, you, your, your initial or your former um, profession was as a physical therapist. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so you already come into this with some knowledge of the body and a little more of an understanding of, is that right? It, it, that is correct. Yeah. Um, and I was very fortunate to have that background. Not everybody has a background like that. So mm -hmm. I was able to pick up on, you know, um, more care, you know, more steadily able to really pinpoint some uh, issues that he was having um, early on, some mm -hmm. milestones that he wasn't reaching. Of course, we all can follow those things, but, you know, I could tell that he was having some sensory issues and things like that early on. Um, so it has been very helpful. And, yeah. you know, just having that background and then, and then just building upon it um, in the way of learning more about um, you know, sensory processing disorder, ADHD, autism, all of that. I've just built upon that and just kind of redirected my focus um, mm, right. in the physical therapy world, really. Right. I love that too. It's a redirection, the, the pivot, right? The pivot mm -hmm. that we as moms with ADHD, with children who are, who have neurodiverse minds, right? That we have to pivot. We have to pivot sometimes um, moment to moment, you know? Right. Lots of pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when we, you know, there's a lot of resistance for all of us in the beginning, like, you know, uh, the, the resistance of the reality of what we're dealing with, right? And the resistance of the pivot, like having to pivot. But we can think of it as choosing, to pivot, right? So you have chosen. And in watching you, Jess, since we since we met, um, I don't know how. So I think we met right before the kids, right before Gabriel um, mm -hmm. started kindergarten. So, and when did you when was his diagnosis? When did you when did you learn he had autism? Um, he was diagnosed at three and a half years old. So in preschool years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, and the, so we met when you were getting ready to go into the school system and the, uh -huh. you know, and, um, and we were, we were both in a, an interesting, interesting place, but like I said, divine <laughs> intervention. And so um, tell us a little bit about the gym that you are opening and that, um, that is, so exciting. And really, as you talk about being a physical therapist, um, it is, it's really, it's, it's the pivot, but it's still, you're still moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the gym, um, I'm opening up a sensory gym. It's called We Rock the Spectrum Kid Gym. Um, and it's sensory gym franchise. And we're committed to providing a safe and nurturing fun and very important, fully inclusive environment for all kids mm. to learn and play together. Right. Um, but what it does is it has, we have these, this, uh, just an entire gym full of um, sensory equipment that mm -hmm. fully embraces um, play with a purpose and that supports exercising and stimulating all of the seven senses through um, just positive physical, emotional, and social development. Mm -hmm. So it really does tie in my um, background as, as in physical therapy and just all of the needs that our community um, requires right now. You know, right. Our, our 
neurodiverse or um, differently abled community um, to provide resources and just to develop a, a, a community, a strong community yeah. where parents can go, know that their kids are going to be welcome, embraced, loved for who they are, um, right. not judged, um, and also where they can find, um, you know, there's just something to knowing that you're child is loved and cared for and mm -hmm. you know there there's that ease that comes for parents um when they know that they're in an environment like that instead right. of going to a place that you know you're worried there that your child is going to be judged you know there's this you know tension that comes from that and um i want a place where parents can feel at ease finally um and finally to build, i love that finally finally right? and to build a community um mm -hmm. within ourselves really i mean within the gym i just want it to be a a safe place for people to right. go right yeah and you have you have your vision for this gym is very um it's big and i love it i love i love the i, I i've loved watching you and watching this um this evolve um and the community aspect is huge because the no you're it's we're talking the gym is mainly for autism but it is neurodiverse it's not it's not it's not um exclusive it's inclusive of everybody well that's the that's the beauty of the gym is that it is built literally for all kids all kids can benefit from the the equipment that we have there and not not a single child is is not going to benefit from it now yeah we do we do base our structure around those who are differently able to have um, sensory processing differences, mm -hmm. but that is only so that they feel comfortable where they're at. And, and it's again, right. play with the purpose, right? Yeah. But it's for everybody. What I want is full inclusivity and mm -hmm. that you don't get a lot, you know, you get a lot of um, places to where, you know, we'll have neurotypical camps, and then special needs camps, which there's still a lot of need for that. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but what I want to see is an integration right. so that we can teach neurotypical children to play with neurodivergent children. Right. And so we kind of learn to, you know, just learn together. Right. You know, I think, I feel like that's going to form a more understanding and compassionate world if we had more of that you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly and so it's interesting so so your son was diagnosed with autism and we have adhd in our family of course it started with my son with uh sensory processing um when he was um he was two i think he was two when we when he started seeing an ot but when we are diagnosed with adhd it's a different thing it's a different, it, it's a, it's an interesting, you know, it's like the go-to is meds and therapy. The sensory processing piece, which a lot of us have with ADHD, right? I didn't realize until my son was diagnosed with a sensory processing um, disorder, whatever they called it back then, um, that, oh my gosh, I have that too. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I knew I had ADHD, but I thought it was just, it was more of a focus thing. And then I realized, oh, so I almost feel like our ADHD kiddos and moms, um, that we're not, I, I don't know. Do you, do you try, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like we get this diagnosis and oh, here, this is for focus. You go, you go to therapy, you take medication for focus, but there's a whole other piece that is, that is lacking, which you're going, you're inviting us in. Oh, and, and, and some of us may, you know, with, uh, with ADHD kiddos may never get that diagnosis of sensory integration, but we need it. Right. It, and yeah. when, um, when my son, when my son had, when we, when he was diagnosed at two, um, we, we did the brushing, right? The brushing, I can't remember what the brushing was mm -hmm. called. So I brushed him every 90 minutes for, or no, yeah, every 90 minutes um, during waking hours for six weeks. 
and I was nursing a six-week-old baby, but that's another <laughs> story for another time, um, with, the, with the joint compressions, right? Uh-huh. Within two weeks of completing that 90 days, he was jumping and running and talking and like all of these things that were, that were lacking. It's just very interesting that sometimes, anyway... That's kind of a, that's kind of a a side note, but that, that you are in your gym, you're addressing these things too, and allowing these kids to, to understand that swinging and spinning and like all of those, all of those things that, um, they weren't, they're not just, um, they're not just like maybe oddball things that our kids or ourselves are doing or that, that we get comfort out of. It's, Mm -hmm. it's where we're treating our bodies, right? And yeah. you're giving well, us right. this opportunity and our kids an opportunity to really find find what's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing, you know, in, within society, uh, school, let's just talk about school for a second. You know, yeah. school, you know, teachers will, you know, you have these kids, ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, any type of those type of differences. We have um, teachers who who may not understand that, you know, this child might need to pace in order to regulate themselves or, right. you know, fidget or, you know, uh, rock back and forth or there's there's loads of ways that we learn to self-regulate mm-hmm. that is shut down by society right school work colleagues can mm-hmm. you please stop doing that type of thing and our parents Whereas, too right well, oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah we are we are definitely um you know siblings everybody mm-hmm. you know and and what we don't realize is that that is that is what their body needs that is their 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 body is literally telling them this is what you need to do and at the gym it's a it's a um, to embrace that yeah. and hopefully you know that allow the rest of the community, whether it's the parents, grandparents, neurotypical parents with neurotypical kids, understand that that, that this is okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay to need to crash into a crash pad and to, you know, to need to swing and, and do these things that your body needs. And in fact, not only is it okay, it's needed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we are going to, um, we're going, I'm going to have you back at a later date. We're going to talk about play, um, which is another super important aspect of this, but but let's pivot back. <laughs> I took us along a different road, <laughs> as I sometimes do. Um, but it's let's like you have ADHD or something. I mean, I do you think that, I mean, we two ADHD mamas talking, right? Ooh. <laughs> And it's all good. It's all good because eventually we get we get back to what we're what, right. the, the main point. Um, but we're talking about community and and this gym and not only the gym, Jess. You are for one thing. You you are the uh, the facilitator for the um, Autism Society in Wake County. Um, and can you tell us? So we're talking about community. You tell us a little bit about how that came about and where you are now, because, you know, we've had this, the, the blip for two years. Yeah. Well, um, where, where this started was just simply, you know, when I had to not had to, I chose to, you know, quit my career, um, mm-hmm. after having, um, you know, we, we don't have a ton of resources available yeah. and I didn't trust, um, taking Gabriel anywhere really for preschool or things like that, you know, mm-hmm. just didn't trust it. So I just, I quit my career, um, in physical therapy and to stay home. Now in that time, I realized just how isolating, yeah. um, it can be, right. um, for special needs, um, parents and kids, you know, mm-hmm. and through that time, and it was hard, you know, it wasn't easy. We got through it, but I learned the, the importance of community yeah. during that time. And right. so I decided, you know what, I'm, you know, once you got a little settled in school and we were in one of that, one of those plateaus right. where it's like, okay, we're good. I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead. And I, I went ahead and um, contacted the Autism Society and I said, you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And so they asked me to build a new chapter um, and I did. Um, and, um, since then we basically integrated all of our various chapters for Wake County because Wake County is so big, mm-hmm. um, uh, into just one Wake County, um, 
uh, chapter again. Um, so I'm now just running Wake County, which is a very big county. Yeah. And it's a hard, you know, it's difficult to do. You know, I'm a volunteer and we're trying to get more volunteers. But then we're also fishing from a pool of special needs parents who are overwhelmed. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So it's hard to ask for you know, for them, for, for them to take on more. And mm-hmm. I completely understand that. So, you know, we can, we can only do so much, but we do, we provide, um, um, we provide uh, a, a parent support group mm-hmm. um, we call it a caregiver um, support group. That's every month. And we are now months um, now in person, we were doing it virtually, but I mean, for for a while there, we weren't able to do much more than just one um, online meet up every now and then but right. even that it's nice you know yeah. it, it's really just important for our community to meet and know that you're not going to be judged for having for being frustrated you right. know being frustrated with the situation being frustrated with um yourself with the family you know somewhere where you can just just talk about the things that um, that you're struggling with, yeah, yeah. Um, without the judgment, and and find resources. Right, that's another piece of community which is enormous, and that's one of the, one of one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this is that mm-hmm. you know a lot of families just don't know what's out there, and right. so we're hoping to change that, and we are. You know, um, little by little, we're starting to pick up um, more since COVID, and and we're doing play dates in the park you know, that kind of thing to, to get families together. Right. Right. And then eventually you'll have the gym, which will be an amazing space. And I, as you were saying that about, you know, that you're all um, special needs parents or, um, you know, parents of kids who are wired differently, who are taxed. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, so you'll actually have a place that will be, um, I don't know. It just seems like it'll be an easier, a better opportunity for everybody and a central place where it won't even just be for um, meeting with, you know, the chapter, but it will, uh, but so much more. Oh yeah. No, I mean, we're, you know, plan on doing, um, you know, camps, um, social groups of all ages, classes of Mm -hmm. all ages and abilities. Um, The social groups are going to be a really important piece, you know, just getting kids together to come play. um, It's really important to see that they're not, you know, they're not alone. They're not alone in their differences. You know what I mean? When they're, when they're surrounded at school by, by neurotypical kiddos um you know they start to question what's wrong with me right you know why do i struggle with these things when uh, you know everybody else does that well mm-hmm. you know no you're not alone there's a lot of a lot of us out there yeah, <laughs> um, right. who are in fact wired differently and who think differently and you know what we're pretty awesome we are really very awesome that's what i think jess <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thinking too, as you were talking about how um, co- a community of like-minded or people who are, are are experiencing similar things. For one thing, the resources, but but for another thing, we experience things that most families don't, you know, and to be, to bring those things up in, you know, in, in just in a, and I I hate to say that the neurotypicals and the neurodiverse, but to bring some of these things that are happening in our households up in, you know, just to friends or family who don't understand is really, um, it's not validating at all. It makes you feel more like, you know, there's something, wow, this is messed up, right? My family's messed up. I'm messed up. My kids are messed up when that's not it. We're just not in the proper community. That's right. No, that's exactly right. And, and it is, it's key. And I don't know that everybody gets that right away. I know I didn't. Um, I did not surround myself around um, community at Mm -hmm. first and it felt very isolating and I questioned everything, you know, I was doing and thought I was doing, you know, I I was missing things and wasn't, um, doing the right things. Um, but once I did, once I found the community and a lot of it is online right now, Mm -hmm. but once I found that community, it's like, you know what, 
this is great. This is I'm great. Okay. You know, and, it's, and Ben yeah. is okay, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And we can just help each other through it, through understanding and, and being right. able to connect with people who understand you and your family. Yeah. It's really there, there priceless. Is, that is priceless. You know, I um, so I found out that I had ADHD about 20 years ago and I, I knew it and I just, I, I kind of put it, you know, kind of like just as a fact, okay, this is part of me and I will treat it with coffee and I'll just keep myself super organized, you know, which eventually turned into a little OCD, but again, a story (laughs) for another time. Um, But, um, but what I didn't understand back then when I was, okay, like I'm the, just the single person knowing that I have ADHD and not understanding until it wasn't until we had one of our kids diagnosed with ADHD at the beginning of, um, of, uh, the pandemic that, um, the things that I have been experiencing my entire life are not just because I'm weird. It's when I started, when I, when I started really diving in and trying and, and working on helping my child, I also dove into communities of moms with ADHD, of women with ADHD. And I was like, oh my gosh, this explains my entire life. Yeah. Right. When it comes to being to so to social skills and just you and I have talked about this over the years, we're very similar. Like you know that I love you, right? I don't have to tell you, you know, and I always say, I've always said for decades, you know, if, if this person only knew how much I think about them, they would know that I love them, but I can't, I've always looked, looked at other people who had, um, you know, friendships, um, of people who would talk every day, like friends who talk every day and did everything together. It's not me. Right. But it wasn't until I started, um, immersing myself in these amazing communities of other women and other moms with ADHD. And I was like, Oh, like a breath of, uh, you know, a a breath of relief. Yeah. And I'm not alone. You know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with any of us. It's just completely different way of thinking, different way of being. Um, and that's what it took for me as well. You know, getting that diagnosis was key. You know, yeah. I wasn't diagnosed until my mid twenties, um, you know, 20 years ago mm-hmm. as well. Um, but you know, what happened with that diagnosis and a lot of parents wonder, you know, should I label my child? Should I not label my child? I'm like, right. Oh man, that, that diagnosis was super important for me because I was finally, it was like a, a, a piece of the puzzle right. that just clicked into place. And then, you know, it was just this great big understanding of myself that I wasn't allowed before because I didn't under even understand what was happening. Why am I, right. why am I struggling with these things with, mm-hmm. when nobody else seems to be? And, you know, I was, I learned to give myself grace. Yeah. It wasn't an excuse because I still learned to adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I stopped doing things and used ADHD as a, an excuse, but I learned to give myself grace. And that's huge. That's exactly Before, it. Before, mm-hmm. I was giving myself a hard time. Right. I was like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Right. And that's what our kids do. That's what our kids do all the time. You know that they do. Right. If we were doing it in our childhood and in our, then into our adulthood, of course they are. Right. And so for them to have a better understanding and to, to surround themselves, you know, I'm not saying that we should just be hanging out with (laughs) neurodiverse people, but to also know people who are like you in that way, Mm -hmm. it is incredibly important because it's not so unusual. Right. And there's, wrong with it and kids when they see people other kids act like them then they they can they can finally feel maybe at peace to some right. extent with themselves and that's yeah. what i'm hoping yeah. you know i think we all deserve that we all yeah. deserve that sense yeah. of understanding uh, of ourselves and of other people you know yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm so excited. You know, I'm just, I'm, sometimes I feel like I'm more excited about this gym than you are. I know that I'm not, but <laughs> <laughs> just the opportunity. And, 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 um, so, 
So what are the, so the gym, the gym is coming in Wake County, right? There are gyms, there, there are, there, we walk, we, we walk, easier for me to say, we rock the spectrum is the name of the gym. There are gyms all over the country, right? Yes. Um, actually, we are um, in different countries as well. Oh, we, are, we are outside okay. of the U.S. as well. But yeah, we, I think it's we're up to, um, I think it's over 110 locations wow. worldwide now. Yeah, Fantastic. we're growing. We're a yeah. growing franchise. Okay, so so let's say, well, if you do, if you, you know, je- definitely look it up in your area. The We, we Rock, the, We Walk, mm-hmm. We Walk. We Rock the Spectrum um, in your area. But if you don't, if people don't have a gym in in their area, what are the different ways that they can connect with community now? Um, I recommend, you know, going online is probably the easiest way to do it and just um, see if you find, depending on what it is that they're looking for, you know, is mm-hmm. it an autism community, is it an ADHD community, and just and just Google it. Go on mm-hmm. Facebook and see if you have any local groups um, meeting. And even it doesn't necessarily even have to be local, you know, like you were saying, Trace, that even just connecting with ADHD moms mm-hmm. online is huge. Right. Um, and it has been huge for myself as well. Um, so even if it's just going online on Facebook and just connecting with um, with people online, um, it's important. And it would be nice to find some local communities so that, you know, for resource purposes, right? right. So, right. you know, where can I get evaluated? Um, where's a good occupational therapist, you know, and we, we talk about all of those things, um, um, in our community and our, mm-hmm. you know, especially in our, uh, neurodiverse and then, and autism society of North Carolina, the Wake County chapter, we're always on there, you know, recommendations and things like that. And those things are important locally, but right. I think just going online and trying to find, um, an autism community, if you, if you're looking for that, um, ADHD, just look specifically for what type of community you're looking for, but right. it really does make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's, the Autism Society was, I mean, we're, as we're talking about online communities as well, there's, there's the Autism Society, there's CHAD, C-H-A-D-D, which is Children and Adults with ADD. There's the, um, the uh, ADD, ADDA, is that what it's called? I can't remember. I'll put it in the show notes, but um, that's another, that's an adults with, um, with ADD um, organization, but there are lots of organizations out there and most of them have Facebook groups and a lot of them, I, you know, and I, I think people are slowly gathering again, um, but there are ways that we can, um, that we can, um, we can create community for ourselves. And when we're talking about community too, we're, we don't necessarily have to just be talking about, um, about, uh, you know, the autism society or the, or we're also talking about building your community of people who are supporting you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about, you know, um, I like to call it, call it your power posse, right? Mm-hmm. You're the therapists and, or, you know, I mean, there's so many different kinds of treatments um, but lots of, you know, and we can put those, oh, this is my community. So we tend to think that we're, and, and, and this is just a, it's an interesting part of being human. We are human beings. We're meant to be in community with each other. We are not meant to be isolated. We are not meant to be parenting on our own at all. Right. <laughs> um, so if we can think in a bigger way, oh, I do have community. I have my therapist. I might have my kids therapist. I have maybe an OT or a physical therapist or a speech, speech therapist. I've got, you know, and think in a broader, I have my pediatrician whom I love or, um, or a nutritionist or, you know, or someone who does neurofeedback with the kids or, you know, wh- let's try to think in a bigger in a bigger way that we are not, we are not meant to be by ourselves. We are not meant to do this by ourselves. We can't. And, you know, and, and I think the past couple of years are really, um, uh, you know, it, it's a good example of, we are not meant to be by ourselves. We, I, I'm, we are still in this place, right. Um, it's, uh, as we're, we're, we're having this conversation in May of 2022, I think the ripple effects of this are, we, we will be seeing them for years to come. Um, uh, one of our therapists, our family therapist was, um, was, uh, talking about how 
fascinating it will be to to uh, to read the studies right of this yeah. whole when it comes to um, uh, socially um, psychologically like the the whole the whole picture. I mean, you know that we're in the history books. <laughs> right now i mean this is gonna be oh yeah the pandemic right yeah totally (laughs) yeah absolutely i tell my kids i've told my kids that um they're experiencing something that no nobody alive today um has experienced um and they were like wow really i'm like ah seriously i mean not necessarily not necessarily is that you know a good thing <laughs> right it just is but i mean it's, it is. Uh, it, it's it, humankind it is, it is there's right. something to study and we are one of those things to study <laughs> so right. just in your community now that we're talking kind of talking back about the pandemic again what have you seen over the past couple of years with your community with the autism community and how has it affected uh, the families oh oh it's in so many different ways it's it's interesting because what i have noticed happen since the pandemic so now remember we're talking about you know special needs families being isolated and that kind of thing well we're kind of used to it right so so being being in the home (laughs) and not able to go anywhere was honestly not a huge huge jump for us right exactly i mean it was for us um and for many people because you know you get used to things you've got therapies and things like that but i I guess my point is that the the isolation like we can't necessarily just go out to a restaurant you know and 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 assume all things are going to be fine right um so so in that way i feel like the neurotypical society, the rest of society kind of caught up with us in that way and that they Mm -hmm. kind of got an idea of what that kind of feels like and having to make those pivots Mm -hmm. where they wouldn't necessarily need to before where we were doing it already like okay right. that's so okay. true so being you know, used to pivot like sometime every moment <laughs> pivot, <laughs> that's, right. Pivot, pivot. that's right we yeah. have a pandemic to deal with all right let what do we do here but we're so used to pivoting making those pivot changes that right. you know it was just another one to do i mean it was a big one but it was just another pivot to make whereas yeah. this the rest of society was like whoa what we can't go to you know soccer and all of these things right that they're used to going so in that way that part was maybe to some extent a little bit easy. Oh, I hate to say easier, right. but we were at least used to that, right. used to it, right, right. right? But on the other side of things, um, the, the the support wasn't there anymore. Yeah, you know, right. we didn't have we didn't have access to therapies. We have a lot of disabled um, individuals who weren't getting the care that they needed. Mm-hmm. You know, at home even because nobody could come into the home so so much more was put on the parents who are already completely overtaxed and and so it has been incredibly stressful in that way for my for the the community um that i deal with and that it's just been a lot for us to take on ourselves because like you said our community is vast you know we have therapists and nurses and all of these people part of it and when that is taken away from us it is then all placed on the caregivers um, plate and that's that's been a lot so there's a lot of a lot of overwhelm yeah um to be honest and again it wasn't the isolation piece i don't think yeah um necessarily for everybody but it was definitely the lack of resources even even more so than what we had to deal with before which is still not great right right but, you know that the rep it all was taken away we didn't you know even with um with our kids doing the um what did we call that the online learning yeah the virtual um, oh goodness the virtual yes. thank you the right. virtual learning that i mean you you had special services from for for school no I mean, right. nobody, nothing it, it didn't translate you know right. how do you tra- how do you make that translate into online learning it was just it, it, so all, all those things went away you know you had an iep and all of those things that you had had within the iep are not, now no longer um are no longer being done right because you know, not, they can't necessarily, it just needed to change and we yeah. weren't changing fast enough. Right. Does that make right. sense? It does. Everybody, I mean, things change slowly anyway, and we needed right. them more quickly. 
Right. I mean, we would have had to have planned ahead. You know, we're going to hit a pandemic. What should we do with the school system? And how are we going to then still, you know, support our special needs community? Yeah. <laughs> Which would have been lovely if we did have that um, right. in place, but we didn't. Yeah. Um, and so, and, you know, that was, uh, you know, obvious. And a lot of kids had, had a hard time. A lot of kids did real well, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, what I've also seen in um, the autism community is that, some parents are like, oh, okay, they clearly do better online learning. Hey, um, yeah. So they are looking for online programs or even a lot of families have been like, well, maybe we'll just homeschool from here because mm-hmm. they got, you know, they got, um, well, like the virtual learning wasn't ha- working for them. And that was the only other, op- only other option that they had was to homeschool. So then they right. dropped, you know, the public school and then mm-hmm. just did um, homeschooling from there so there's a lot more homeschooling going on as well right Right. now but not everybody has the has the ability to do that yeah well you and i have talked about that too that uh, (laughs) there was one point well a couple times during the pandemic i asked my kids if um if they wanted me to homeschool and they both looked at me like i had only three heads like no way (laughs) yeah we were like it was good Because that was a close one. <laughs> I know, and you know, and as we're as you're talking about this, I you know, school is also a part of the commu- of our community, right? Huge. Yeah. I mean, so when we think, I mean, we have we have a bigger a bigger community. Let's think, and and, and using those resources and using that what what we have. You know, I, I think the the. Uh, um, the pandemic sh- taught us to be resourceful. I mean, we had no choice, right? It taught us to be resourceful and what works, what doesn't. Um, some things, you know, and 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 lots of opportunities for growth and seeing, again, seeing what, what's working and what's not. Um, Jess, this has been an amazing conversation and the community, I mean, community is important for all of us as humans anyway, but when we are when we are differently wired is is especially and and here's the thing because well this is just my own take on it but being differently wired is when we can turn around and seeing it see it as a gift like let's let's hold up our gifts right instead of our differences and 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 be able to be in a community that can hold us up as well i just i just thought of that yeah no i i love that and i feel like um you know it's been only been maybe about five years now to where i have been openly adhd if it Mm -hmm. kind of sounds funny but i mean and that and and there was still some not shame necessarily once i was diagnosed i wouldn't say that I was still ashamed of it, but it was, it just was, I was just private, you know, yeah, it's just one too. of those things that I just kind of kept to myself, exactly. but I, I noticed the power of sharing that with people and especially in the, within the, you know, community that I deal with, mm-hmm. when I'm open about those things, people start questioning, not questioning, but start wondering, you know, I wonder, I wonder that about that about that mm. for myself, you right, know, right. and it starts, you know, it starts, the conversation I have found has opened up doors for other people. Yes, exactly. Um, for themselves, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, it, and it's, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Right. Got ADHD. Right. I think so, differently. I know. What a beautiful thing. And what if, I mean, this is kind of a, this is also a kind of a little bit of, t- of a tangent, but what if this is an evolution of differently wired people? Like what if we are moving in a direction of, instead of being living linearly, that we are, we are moving in the direction and this is just a, just a, just a thought, but what if we are moving because we are seeing more, um, more uh, people diagnosed with, with with autism or people diagnosed with ADHD like what if it what's what if we thought of it as we're evolving rather than oh more people with you know with this deficit or whatever um but and 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 I love that idea of you know let's lift us up as a community of um gifts right and let's help helping each other find the gifts I agree yeah I mean and it is and it is still 
Um, you know, and I have a lot, some people have a hard time making that shift just yeah. because they don't want people to look at ADHD as, you know, just a wonderful thing that, that right. they want, they want people to understand that there are still a lot of struggles, yes, you know, definitely that mm-hmm. come along with it. Um, and I get that, but I agree, you know, we've, for so long, we have labeled these kids as problem children and behavioral in them have girl problems and that type right. of thing it's like you know what maybe maybe we could use a little bit of a shift mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and really really focus in on their strengths yeah you know they're they're kids who think outside the box they're right. kids you know who who I don't know. There's just so much, so much more that they can achieve if given the opportunity to be understood um, and given the opportunity to, um, you know, uh, grow their strengths Yeah. instead of just focus on all of their struggles. Well, the struggles, I know I kind of feel sometimes like the, you know, like the therapy and the, all the, like we're focusing on the, on the, uh, on the challenges, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, looking forward to this gym opening and just, this has been an amazing conversation about community looking forward to our next conversation, uh, when we talk about play, but is there, what would be one thing that you could, um, that a listener could do like right now when it comes to, to, uh, to community? Um, yeah, I would just say to, to look online and to find, um, to find an online community, um, to, you know, especially right now, um, just maybe staying online and and it might be easier to find like on Facebook and that kind of thing. It might be Mm -hmm. a more general, um, it might be an easier thing to do in that way, but to also see if you can find, uh, a community within a more local community to where you can Mm -hmm. share resources and, and things like that with as well. Right. Right. Perfect. All right. So, can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible? Um, well, I would honestly say that, I mean, just, just opening this gym, honestly, has mm. been as a, as a, you know, for so long, I've been focusing on my mother, my mothering, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I just been mom. I've just been mom all of these years. And, right. and when I first learned about, um, we rock the spectrum. Um, I was just like, wow, you know, we really need something like that here. Somebody should open it. And mm-hmm. because I was so limited in my beliefs for myself, right. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that I could be the person to do it. Right. Why, you right. know, why would I even think that way? I'm, I mean, I didn't go to school for business. I didn't, I don't have that knowledge base, um, you know, uh, background behind mm-hmm. me. Um, so, so I did, you know, after a year of working and you were with me, you, you were right there with me working on my, my limited beliefs and getting rid of them. And, um, I was finally, once those things were shed, um, I was able to really look at it and be like, you know what, we do need something like this here. Mm-hmm. And why couldn't I be the person to do it? You know? Right. And the minute, the moment I thought that, of course, all of those other things started rushing back, the fear, the uncertainty, um, the limited beliefs, but then, you know, I then had the, the skills to, you know, to, to shed them again right. and to, to move forward and do the things that I've, that needed to be done in order to do this. Um, and I've, I've learned so much. I learn every day something new right. um, and I'm outside of my comfort zone every day, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is hard, yeah. but it's good too, because that's growth, right? right? I mean, you don't, you don't grow unless you're challenged yeah. and um, I'm challenged, yes. but in such a, a wonderful way, it's also right. still my wheelhouse, you know, yeah. it's nothing outside of what I can't do. And once I've 
realize that even though it might be hard, it's not within my grasp. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was something that was something really important for me. So, just opening this gym, honestly, is is definitely something that I'm doing currently that I never thought was possible. For it has been incredible watching you over this journey. It's been such a gift. And so go Jess, go Jess. Um, And the community needs you. And, you know, so you might not have the business background, but you got everything else. (laughs) You've got it. Like in this area, anytime, you know, I I meet somebody who has a newly diagnosed child with, with autism and and I say, oh, have you have you talked to Jessica Floyd yet? And they say, oh, yeah, we know her. <laughs> Every time I turn, oh, yeah, we know her. We know her. We know her. So, Jessica, how can our listeners find you? Um, well, you can um, find We Rock Raleigh. We Rock the Spectrum Raleigh um, at www.werockthespectrumraleigh.com. Mm-hmm. You can also email me at info at werockthespectrumraleigh.com. Mm-hmm. Find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, um, WRTS Raleigh. Um, yeah. Okay. That's about it. All right. Perfect. I will put all of your links in the show notes as well. And just this has been an amazing conversation as always. Um, and thank, <laughs> thank you so you, much Tracy. for taking the time and for sharing your brilliance with the community. Of course. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD supports guide. It's a super simple step-by-step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent, Stay focused on what's important. Shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly. Make decisions more easily and develop more confidence, all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.